You're listening to The Good GP, the podcast for busy GPs. I'm Sean Stevens, and today we're interviewing Janina Faulkner, who's president of SANS WA, and her husband Wayne, who is the SANS National Men's Support Line Coordinator. For those who don't know, SANS is a community of bereaved parents who provide support 24-7 to other bereaved parents, their families, and education for medical professionals. Wayne and Janina also have the misfortune to have me as their GP. Hi, Wayne and Janina, and welcome to The Good GP. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Sean. We're both still here, so I guess you're doing something right. (laughs) I hope so. Um, So, Wayne and Janina, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Wayne, I know you're a good cook. Um, What are your other interests outside of work? I'm not sure where you got that information from, but I do enjoy cooking. Um, uh, Outside of work, I I like to dabble in painting a little bit. I've got a little studio in the back garden and trying to get down there as much as I can, but... Uh, time permitting and people tell me I'm good with seascapes so that's something that I like to do as a, a stress reliever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent. No, I think it's good to have things that uh, keep you engaged outside of work and outside of family. And Janina, yourself, I often give you a call to um, uh, get patients squeezed into my favourite local upper limb <laughs> ortho. <laughs> what else do you do outside? Uh, it's outside of work. I also cook. It's a bit of a misnomer that Wayne does all the cooking. But... <laughs> I'm not so bad myself. Um, any quiet moment I get, I just read. Yeah. I get lost in it because I tend to stress a bit over small things. Um, and I just nag him into trying to get out into the studio and paint. Um, so apart from that, just walking the dogs, um, spending some time with family and grandchildren. Excellent. Mm. Mm, good stuff. So what attracted you to supporting people who've had a miscarriage, stillbirth or newborn death? Uh, For me, um, following the stillbirth of my first child uh, 32 years ago, I received a lot of my support from SANS. I didn't get a lot of family support um, and I didn't get the freedom to be able to speak freely about my son. Um, So I really waited for those monthly support meetings to just to be with other parents who had gone along the same journey, who'd um, also had a loss. Uh, and it was just that safe environment to speak freely without judgment. Um, and also during my next two pregnancies, I needed just as much support. I was scared of it happening again. Um, and like most bereaved parents who've received such support, um, there's always the need to give back. Um, so the experience we have, it changes us. It just changes our whole life. Um, and just to be with other parents um, and supporting them is, is very satisfying work. Yeah, very personal. Mm. Yeah. And I think you're right, for a lot of traumatic experiences for people, um, unless you've been through it yourself, mm. uh, it's very difficult to, to understand all the nuances and, mm. and, and how deeply it can affect you. It is, and, and a lot of people who haven't gone through that, that sort of grief... Um, We'll try to say something, you know, mm. don't worry, you can have another baby and it was God's way and, and all of those platitudes and, and sometimes in a support meeting we'll have a, a bit of a laugh about it because we all hear it mm. um, and there's nothing we can do to make it any better. No. Mm. no. And what about you, Wayne? Well, I was in a similar circumstance over 30 year, mm. years ago with my first wife, <coughs> we experienced two miscarriages. Um, and at the, in those days, I, I had no idea how to handle my own grief, let alone recognise it. And 
and I didn't really understand the grief that my, my wife was going through either. Um, there was no support for us in those days and uh, we didn't have family here so it was a, a very lonely journey for us but um, the way I coped with it now I reflect on and think well that, that wasn't right and, and I have some guilt around that around how I dealt with it myself and, and how I dealt with it with my then wife so my purpose here is to try to draw that out from men currently um, by offering a men's support line service and, and hopefully being able to get guys these days to become more attached and uh, more attached to their emotions and more in, in touch with, with the emotion around the death of their babies. Mm. Yeah, very important work. Um, Janana, you're president of SANS WA and vice president nationally. Tell us a little bit about SANS and how it can help bereaved parents and GPs. The death of a baby is a really tragic and devastating event and it's underestimated in many fields the intensity of the grief. Um, a lot of people haven't had a relationship with a baby except the parents, grandparents perhaps. Um, and so it, it's just, we support parents, we support the grief behind it. So it, we're a not-for-profit not um, and we provide the emotional support, information and hope to all families, whether the baby has um, died through a miscarriage, a stillbirth, newborn death, a medical termination, and that again in itself is very underestimated. And so the journey through grief is always a personal one, and a lot of um, parents feel that they have to justify their feelings to others. Um, so we provide that non-judgmental environment, that safe environment, where parents can come together and share. Um, hear others' experiences. Um, we know the pain and the devastation, um, and we've all experienced it. So, SANS offers the resources um, in services at hospitals and education for healthcare professionals. Um, but we we just offer that safe place mm. for parents to speak freely. Okay. So for GPs, one of the key things or key involvements we could have is referring bereaved parents Absolutely. to SANS. Yeah, sometimes um, there's more going on in, in um, the parent's life than the, the grief of the baby. And of course that would just exacerbate it. Mm. Um, so SANS don't give advice. Um, we're not um, professional counsellors. We're all bereaved parents. We've all undergone um, training through nationally through SANS Australia. Um, so we support the grief. So sometimes it is appropriate to refer parents on to professional counselling, um, you know, to help them move through and to help them deal with other issues that are going on. But sometimes a parent just wants to be with other parents. Mm. Just to, it, they don't always have to speak, they're not always comfortable with speaking, but sometimes it's just enough to be with other parents and to hear and share their stories. Mm. Mm. Okay, great. And Wayne, you've got a particular role <clears throat> in supporting men and particularly rural men through this difficult time. Can you explain for our listeners how the service works? Yeah, it can be a really lonely place for men, uh, particularly in rural areas where they don't have immediate contact with, with other men to discuss or talk to. Not that men particularly are open in discussing these issues anyway, but you know, we all know that men grieve really differently to women. Uh, it's been identified, but... Um, Men for so long have been considered to have to be stoic and be the protector and provider for the family um, and their role is in, in, in grief is a very different one to the woman where uh, men find it very difficult to 
to relate specifically to their, in their often cases, into their partner's grief. And it can be through a different time period as well where women tend to carry the grief longer than men. Men want to move on faster or, or, or get back to work. And that also creates lots of issues within the relationship. So at Sands we try to involve men in the awareness around the grieving process and, and help them to understand that it's a normal emotion that men should be going through as well as their partner. So um, to be open and, and normalise those that emotion to avoid the potential for psychological and emotional issues down the track is really important for us um, to open the conversation with men um, and uh, and try to support them through the best way we can and we find these days that there seems to be a lot more men opening up to those personal emotions than there was in the past um, so it's an important part of the service that we do and we connect men to the SANS support line through a, a link on the website um, to give them the opportunity to nominate a time and a method that we can contact them either through email or by phone. Um, and it's a national service, so it doesn't matter where you are in Australia, we can, we can uh, uh, point men to the link on the website and they can be in contact with us and we'll nominate someone to support them. Yeah, excellent. And I think you're right, we're seeing men in all, uh, all areas of emotional well-being start to open up more. And I think, you know, the, the younger generation is becoming more and more open to to these sorts of things. Very much so. I think it's really important that men understand that they need to be in touch with their emotion because I feel that, that and you may know better, but I think the, the bottling up of those emotions at, at a young age um, can develop into unhealthy uh, issues in the, in the future like depression or like alcoholism or family violence and those sorts of things if they don't get the opportunity to express that emotion when mm. they need to. Yeah. I think yeah. it's also important to understand that although a couple are grieving for the same baby, they're two different journeys Yeah. Um, and they don't always grieve at the same level at the same time. Um, and so the men's line is also open for, um, for women, for grandmothers, yep. for aunties who are trying to get a grasp and an understanding on, on why the men aren't opening up or why mm. the men seem to be um, just not taking an interest. Um, mm. So, you know, it's there for women as well. I think the practical side of what the way men operate is it takes over and they try to uh, obviously look after and protect their partner by doing all the practical things like making their funeral arrangements and, and, and fending off the family who want to be there you know, 24-7 and those mm. sorts of things to, to put a cocoon around their, their partner. So uh, men don't get the opportunity in those early days to, to grieve but when the, the phone stops ringing and the flowers stop coming and the cards stop arriving um, and there's the quiet time in the home, the, the, the point of communication between the two is critical and that's where the start of the grieving process for the man might might come. And that could be six or eight weeks or three months or six months uh, after the event. So it's important to understand that there are those two differences, as Janina said, particularly in the time frame that, that men and women will go through that process. Yeah, and I think that's often the time frame that the GP gets engaged and involved mm. um, because the GP is, is there through it all, but the acute phase... Um, like you say, where it's survival mode and, yeah. and organising all the mechanics and things of it, the GP's not needed, mm. but then it's afterwards that, yeah. you know, and particularly around the time, like you said, Janina, where you're starting to think about a, an, another pregnancy and another baby, mm. and that's where, you know, the GP, you know, comes in. So to know that there's that support there, mm. I think, is excellent. 
Um, so guys, SANS is like most volunteer organisations, it, it runs on the smell of an oily rag. Um, what can we as GPs do to support SANS? I think by having a firm understanding of the intensity of the grief, um, even a miscarriage, um, a lot of... Um, a lot of doctors can just dismiss it. Mm. It was only six weeks. But from the moment a woman finds out she's pregnant, she's planning the future, she's got all these dates in her head. So having that firm grasp of um, the grief might seem out of proportion for the gestation they were, mm. having an understanding of that emotional support, um, you know, being aware that sometimes they don't need professional um, counselling. Um, that may be appropriate, as I've said before, but... They might just want to be connected with other parents. It can be helpful to have an understanding of how SANS works. Um, we're not here to tell anyone to do their job. Um, we're here to work um, comfortably with professionals. Um, in, um, I can't think of the word I want, that's the menopause kicking in. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, in to complement the service that we have. Um, so by having an understanding of of what we offer and, and the services we run. So that can be quite helpful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and what about the politicians? How, how do they react when you approach them for assistance? That's an interesting one because it's a, it's a hard area to get into in the first place. It's a difficult subject for everyone to talk about, so it's not easy for politicians to want to be involved. You would think that we'd get more interest, from the, particularly from the health department, um, and nationally, we do get some good support from the from the health department, from the federal health department. Um, and we recently had a very good visible uh, campaign with uh, a lot of uh, federal politicians and state politicians wearing the SANS pin in Parliament. And and during the day on October the fifteenth, when it was uh, National International Pregnancy and, and um, Infant Loss Day, uh, and that gave us some good some good publicity. But from a, a support perspective, it's very difficult to get that buy-in that we need from, from politicians. Um, so next year, probably later this year and next year, we're going to try and start another campaign mm -hmm. uh, at, a, at state and federal level to try and get more awareness around what it is that we do because it's a, there's a huge impact on the cost to the government through the health services, of course. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's something that we want to concentrate more on, but it's very difficult to get the politicians to understand because they often haven't, don't have a full understanding of the grief mm. process. Uh, if they haven't experienced it themselves, um, it's very difficult for them to want to, to hold this up as something that they, that they stand for, because it's a difficult subject. Um, you know, it is. It's, it's not something that they would want to openly discuss, and, and that's what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to get people to openly discuss and become aware of this issue, because it's massive. You know, when you look at the numbers, you know, one in four pregnancies are, uh, end in miscarriage, and they're only the reported cases. Um, you know, it's over 100,000 uh, baby deaths a year. It's, it's a massive uh, impact on society, and politicians really do need to be aware. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. And certainly, you know, um, I went through an early pregnancy loss with my wife many, many years ago. Um, and as a GP, it gives you a very um, personal and different understanding um, and I think even you know even GPs knowing about this and being able to talk about it makes a, 
a mm. big, big difference. Yeah, it's different. It's, it's, there's a clinical viewpoint, but there's also an emotional viewpoint. And, yeah. and uh, when you asked the question earlier of, of Janina about how can GPs uh, help more, it's, it's about having a, a little bit more of that emotional connection, I think, as mm. well, particularly in, in, a, in a hospital environment. And mm. we, we talk to in, uh, midwives and we do in-services at hospitals for the medical professionals. And, and even they uh, sometimes, uh, you know, are quite... Um, stunned to uh, to for us to walk in and say, well, we, you know, maybe you need to think more about naming the baby. You know, mm. talk, talking to the parents and and calling the baby by its name and having mm. that emotional connection and not being afraid to, afraid to sit on the bed, hold the patient's hand and 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 have a have a tear mm. uh, and show that connection, show that emotional connection. So, mm. uh, for GPs, that's the same. It, it, it certainly goes a long way to making the patient feel more accepted in their grief mm. um, you know and I guess it's the same as trying to well it's, it's the same emotion as trying to help someone who's had just had the loss of a partner for example mm. you know mm. it's a massive process of, of going through the grief um, to, to come through the other side and for when you've lost a baby that never goes away and you've got years and years and years and years and years of having that memory mm. or, or having the memory of not having the baby with you so yeah. so it's a huge impact yeah yeah and i think um the gp is better placed than the hospital doctors yes we know our patients mm. our environment is not as rushed and and time pressured and you know you're not getting paged to go to recess or whatever so yeah, yeah i think we are better placed for that absolutely <clears throat> so many fathers and and mothers see their gps during this difficult time what advice can you give to us GPs who are confronted with this difficult situation? Are there any do's and don'ts? The biggest don't, I think, is to use, well, the biggest do, um, is to use simple language. Mm -hmm. Don't use that medical lingo. Um, often we'll hear in a support meeting that, you know, a, a, a doctor or obstetrician has used a particular term and, you know, for us lay people, we don't know what that means. Mm. For instance, your baby's not viable. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, don't be scared to use um, just simple layman's terms and be honest. If you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. And you can say to a parent, well, I don't know why this happened. Let me help you find out. You know, just mm. something like that. I think be, take the time. Show you care. You know, it's they've waited for you. I always... and. Um, judge a GP by the amount of time that I'm in the waiting room. Oh, I must be yeah. great then. <laughs> You're fabulous, I bring a book. Um, because I know that they're giving the patient the time they need. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I work for a good doctor, he's always running late because he gives the patients the time they need. Um, so attend to their emotional need, not just their physical. There are some practicalities that you need to be addressing. Um, be patient, be gentle. And a parent might ask you the same question over and over and over. They're not taking it in, you know, during this grief period. Give them permission to grieve. Don't try and fix it or distract them. Mm. Um, you know, there's a, provide the reassurance that the parents need. These emotions they're feeling are very real. Um, and I keep going back to early miscarriages, you know. Um, the emotions they're feeling are real. It is a grief. Mm. Um, and, and as I said before, no one else has had a relationship with this baby. So for everyone else outside um, even in within the family it's a non-entity they didn't see them yeah. in often cases they didn't hold them and the parents have a need to talk and talk and talk um, so I guess just be there mm. and yeah. listen um, and don't dismiss 
Yeah. 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 Language. Oh, I think it's all part of the good care plan that you know any doctor will give to a patient. But Janina's right; it's about listening and 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 including the parent in the process of and having them understand that these are normal emotions that they, you know, there's anger and there's frustration and and all of those things that parents will go through. Um, you know, why me? Uh, why did it have to be us? Or why did it have to be us again? Uh, you know, those issues are, are, are normal emotions that mums and dads will go through during this time and and the justification for that, you know, they may come to their GP for no particular reason, but by understanding those emotions are in the background um, will really help them to normalise the process mm. and understand that they're, they're not weird, they're not being, uh, not being overly sensitive, that these are normal emotions that you go through as part of the grief process. Yeah. You know, if you read the Kubler-Ross models and those sorts of things, you know, she goes through all of those emotions and all of that, the, the things that you wouldn't really understand would come out of just the sadness of, of losing a baby. Mm. And I think sometimes a, a parent might appear to be stuck on something. And I use the example with a subsequent pregnancy. I know with my next pregnancy after my son had died, um, my obstetrician was on holidays and I had to go and see my GP. Not you, sorry. <laughs> he was also lovely and he knew and he just got it. Yeah. Um, and my... My issue was I never saw my son alive. We didn't have scans, so I didn't see the heartbeat. Yeah. And it was important for me yeah. to, if this pregnancy was going to end the same as the others, just to see this baby's heartbeat. So each week while my obstetrician was away, he sent me for a CTG up at the local hospital. Um, and I got to hear the heartbeat and yeah. I had a scan and I got to see it. And that was comforting. Mm. It didn't fix the problem. It didn't fix my anxiety. Um, so they might seem stuck on something that might seem minor, but it's important to them for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, so so I guess in subsequent pregnancies as well, there's a heightened anxiety. So acknowledge it. Mm. You know, I know you're worried. Um, you can't make it better. You cannot assure, reassure them that this is going to be fine. It's not going to happen again. Yeah. No one can make that promise. Um, all you can do is say... At the moment, it's all going well. Yeah. You know, everything is fine right now, and it's that just being heard. Mm. Yeah. 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 And that's an important point that Janina made that we we're not here to fix it. You know, we're not counsellors. Uh, we're peer supporters, and we're only doing what we do because we've been there too. Um, and that's an important factor in, in how it is how we support the parents is having that understanding that for them that they feel comfortable with us knowing that we've been through the same experience and we've yeah. come through the other side so it's not about fixing it no one can fix it it's just a matter of understanding the process yeah 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 well guys thank you very much for coming in and thank you, thank you for all the work that you do I think it's amazing um, what you've done and you've no doubt helped <coughs> hundreds if not thousands of grieving parents um, throughout Australia. So Janina, if we've got uh, patients or if patients want to self, people want to self-refer, um, can you tell us where they can do that to see Well us? we've got the, the 1300 line, so that's 1300 072637 or if you can't remember that, 1300 sends. That's available 24 hours. Um, doesn't matter if you ring at 2 o'clock in the morning. We've all been there. 
Um, we do have uh, supporters that will do that. They can go on our website, so www.sands.org.au. And, and Sands, uh, for those who don't know, is uh, as in sand on the beach with an S on the yep. end. Sands. Yeah. Yep. The other thing that might be helpful for GPs is we do have a third party referral. So making the first phone call for a um, parent is very difficult. And very often I've been answered the phone and, and there's just been someone just so distressed. You know, we know what it's like, we'll wait. But, you know, if GPs are concerned, we have a um, third party referral for um, medical professionals that if you go on our website, um, it will lead you to the link um, and they can refer through then. That'll go to our parent support manager who will um, get one of our peer supporters to contact the parent that way. Great. Yeah, so that might be helpful. Mm. And as mentioned, the, support, the link to the men's support lines on the website as well. Um, we have a national uh, bowl chat uh, line that's also available three days a week. Um, we do email support, um, obviously the 24-7 phone support. Um, we also do in-services at hospitals as we mentioned before. But there's also a pregnancy after loss support meeting and the local support meetings as well. They're always well attended uh, right around the country. So, um, you know, it's that, that physical care when we have people in a support meeting. So, uh, and, and there's a great range of brochures available on the website that you can download in PDF. They're all free of charge. Or if you contact SANS, we can have brochures delivered to you, uh, again, free of charge. So if you want to keep brochures in your GP practice, it's a great place to either download them for your own information or source them through SANS and we can send them to you. Great. Look, thank you very much, guys, and thanks for being part of the good GP. And um, I remember next time you've got an appointment, I'll keep you waiting that extra half hour. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, <Sean. laughs>